Welcome to Postcards from Palisade, the podcast that shares a snapshot of the people and places that make this slice of Western Colorado wonderful. I'm Lisa McNamara. Today I'm coming to you in a cloud of calming lavender. I'm talking about the Colorado Lavender Festival and lavender in general with festival director Olivia Coe and Lavender Association of Colorado treasurer and lavender farmer Leanne Nielsen of Nielsen Village. Listen on to learn all about lavender, how and why it grows so well in Colorado, which is also why I planted my plants in the perfectly wrong spot, and how lavender is celebrated at the upcoming 12th annual Colorado Lavender Festival, held from June 23rd to 25th, presented by the Lavender Association of Colorado. If you don't have them yet, to buy festival tickets or sign up to volunteer real quick, check out their website, coloradolavender.org slash annual dash lavender dash festival. But then come right back here, because today's Postcard from Palisade is an episode for all your senses. I am Olivia Coe. I am the festival director for the Colorado Lavender Festival. <laughs> uh, this is my first year picked up with the organization, I think, in end of November uh, of 2022. So I'm very excited to be playing this year's festival. <laughs> yes, we're excited that she is with us. <laughs> I'm Leanne Nielsen. I've been involved with the association for many years and have been the treasurer on and off for many years. So, and continue to be on the board and work as the treasurer for the Lavender Association of Colorado. And Leanne, how did you get involved with the festival originally? You know, I joined the Lavender Association in 2011, and they had only been going for a couple of years, and that happened to be their first festival that they planned to do. So, I went as a generic participant. I went on the tours, I went to the meetings, that kind of thing, and just learned the value of lavender, because initially I didn't really care for lavender, but looked at it as kind of a challenge, an easier challenge. We started farming with grapevines, Mm -hmm. and that is definitely a lot of work. And the, I'll tell you, the lavender meetings that I went to were, they were so friendly and so passionate and so willing to share that I, it, just, it just caught me up in it. And it's like, you know what? I can do this. There's people behind me. <laughs> so and then I just continued, just learned what I could learn and, and just developed from there. And Olivia, how about you? How did you get involved with it? Well, I moved here to Grand Junction uh, just over a year ago. I actually live in Fruta. I wanted to move to Palisades so bad, but housing fell through like everybody's story, probably. Mm-hmm. We can <laughs> um, still get you here. Yeah, and so I still got here. And Fruta's fun, too. I really yeah. enjoy it, but um, Palisade has my heart. So I was just looking for a part-time job. I'm actually the store manager for Habitat for Humanity as well. And so I was looking for some additional income, but it was hard to like find a job at you know like a restaurant or anything like that based on the hours I worked at Habitat. And I just happened to see this on Indeed, and I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> lavender sounds wonderful. And I participated in the Lavender Fest working with Sprigs and Sprouts about, I think it was four or five years ago, I think it was 2016. So I enjoyed it, and I've always loved lavender. Pretty much that's one of the only scents I buy if I buy scented items. (laughs) 
So it just all kind of sounded perfect to me. And then prior to being here for several years, I've organized other festivals, mainly mushroom festivals, but Mm. um, big, big events that were like full weekends. And so it just kind of was the perfect fit for me. So very exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It's good luck that you saw that. I know. Mm -hmm. And lucky that Leanne gave me the time of day. Thank you. Poor decision. Poor decision. It wasn't just me. (laughs) The 12th Annual Lavender Festival is coming up June 23rd to 25th, and did I get those dates right? You did. Okay, good. (laughs) What's the festival about? What events are part of it? What goes on there? Yeah, so the main vendor festival that we do is June 24th, so that's the big day where everyone comes in, shops all day long at all all the, the vendor booths, and then we also have live music, we have demos, seminars, uh, we have cooking classes, things like that, wreath making. So that's really the the big to-do for the festival that the whole community usually comes out for. It's $5 tickets, not not too bad. (laughs) Um, But really just giving a a venue to people who are artisans and and craft vendors. A A lot of them are centered around lavender, some are also you know different arts and crafts and things like that but so that's our our big main event then we also have friday farm tours so those are private events those include one in north fork valley and one in grand valley (laughs) mesa county so attendees will purchase a ticket and then they'll visit four to five different farms depending on which tour they choose and then they'll have a catered lunch delicious And then they'll get prizes and and gifts from each of the locations and be able to shop. And each of the farm owners will do a separate training or or a demo or teach them how to to make some lavender product or things like that. It's really cool. Uh, And then our Sunday, the last day of the festival, is more kind of open form. So with that one, people will do self-guided farm tours. So they will be able to visit any of the farms that decided to participate in that. And most farms will usually have some kind of an activity or some specials for the people uh, attending that part of it too. So that's the main part of it. Leanne, what what did I miss? Dinner. Oh, dinner. Dinner. Hello. (laughs) So we have dinner at Maison La Belle Vie on Saturday night after the festival. So that's a big fancy event. They make a delicious lavender-inspired meal with each course having lavender infused into the dish. So it's Mm -hmm. going to be beautiful and lovely. You should come if you can. (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting, I think, too, is that it's, you can have a variety of experiences for like different price points. Like you can five dollars a ticket, it's not that bad, and then it goes all the way up to like quite a bit for mm-hmm. the dinner and yeah. the farm tours and things. But it's like mm-hmm. you can kind of or the self guided farm tour, gas costs, yeah. right? <laughs> so I think that's really cool. Like I, I, there aren't many festivals where you can have that that number of different experiences. Yeah, pick your participation level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think one of the biggest focuses that's always been at the heart of the association is the education about lavender and what you can do with it. Because mm-hmm. that's usually one of the first questions people ask. Well, so what's the big deal with lavender? <laughs> and so this gives different businesses and farms a way to really explore and explain how they have used lavender from just some basic agritourism to their mm-hmm. culinary products to... Mm-hmm. 
their bath and body, and you know how how do you do it? Mm-hmm. You know the essential oils, of course, are always a big thing. There's mm-hmm. many that are big specialists on on that as well. So, you know what I forgot? The art contest. Oh yeah, Emily, you run that. I forget. <laughs> well, because it's kind of it's freeform kind of. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we every year for the festival. We promote a, an artwork, a two-dimensional art piece. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the artist that we're featuring this year was chosen last year, last year's festival. And so then we purchased her artwork and then are able to use it in all our promotional materials and everything for the, for the coming festival. So right now we are promoting the artwork for the 2024 festival that will be chosen at the end of this festival. <laughs> it's kind of confusing on the, <laughs> on the timing there, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll choose it at the end of this festival so that when this one is over, we'll have something to work with to start planning our 2024 festival. So, and we're, it's such a, an exciting thing to see what these artists come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like I said, two-dimensional, mm-hmm. and there's really no age limit on, you know, who can participate. They just have to meet some of the criteria that the art gallery needs, because mm-hmm. we have it displayed at the Blue Pig Gallery in this area. Um, and what is it displayed? It's actually on display now. Mm-hmm. We reserve the initial vote to the members of the association. Okay. So the members of the association hopefully will receive the photos and a voting ballot of all the artwork that has been submitted so they can do their initial choices, the top three maybe four, depending on how hard it is to decide, mm-hmm. uh, but usually the top three finalists. And then those three finalists are featured, in, continue to be featured at the Blue Pig Gallery for anybody who comes in the week prior to the festival, and then they get to do their voting of the three that the membership had chosen. Got it, okay, so and the public ultimately Yeah, so then the public oh. picks the final, mm-hmm. the final one, and then the end of Sunday, the end of the festival weekend, is when we'll do the tally and so we should hopefully know by the Monday after. So why does Palisade have a Lavender Festival? Who, who started it and why did they start it? Oh, interestingly, <laughs> yes, I'll take that <laughs> because <you. laughs> I, re- I researched that. Mm-hmm. The looking into this started way back in the mid, how do you say that, the mid-2000s? The, mid- the mid-aughts. The med- med- okay, thanks. I don't know how you say that. So what happened was prior to 2007, we had a master gardener in the Grand Junction area who worked very closely with the CSU Tri-River Extension Center that's out there on uh, Highway 50. And her name was Kathy Kimbrough. She's still in the area. She has Garden Sensations, her own still master gardener, still doing her design work and such. But she had noticed that, I got this out of an article, she had noticed that in all of the homes that she would go to to help with their landscaping situations, the lavender was there. You know, there was 
or once in a while she would see lavender and, and she saw how it was thriving. Mm -hmm. And she worked very closely with the Extension Center at the time. Dr. Curtis Swift was the horticulturist agent, horticulture agent at the CSU. And I guess she, with her passion and her vision, convinced him to really work on this. So it, and so that was prior to 07, so mm -hmm. that in 07, he agreed to put a test plot out at the Extension Center, mm -hmm. just to study it, find out how viable is this. You know, can, can they prove there what she was seeing in the public homes and their landscaping? And it was very successful. Mm -hmm. So then he furthered the prospect and sent her to SQUIM with the Master Gardener Scholarship, sent her to SQUIM, Washington who has been doing lavender up in that area. It's kind of in a peninsula up there mm -hmm. in, in the Washington area. They've been 30, 40 years doing lavender up in that area. So she went up there to learn what she could learn and, and that further fed her passion and her, and her vision for it. So in April of 09, they'd done their test plot. You know, she studied, wrote her reports. In April of 09, they and they put out their feelers for a, like a test meeting to find out how they could, you know, if there was any interest out there. Mm -hmm. And they ended up with over 50 people showing up at their mm -hmm. meeting, at their very initial wow. meeting. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so there was big interest. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot. Big interest out there. Mm -hmm. So they explored the whole avenue of everything, and shortly after, the Lavender Association of Western Colorado was formed. And so initially, Lavender in the state started here on the Western Slope in the Grand Junction around that area, kind of Mesa County and, and south, a little bit down into the North Fork Valley region. Another person was at that meeting who had already been a long-term lavender growing, and that was Paula Lagar from Sage Creations. Um, who is still here in business. Mm -hmm. And I guess she'd been growing lavender for a few years. So Kathy went out to see her place and said, oh my God, you're already doing it. <laughs> then that means everybody can do it too, mm -hmm. <laughs> type of thing. Mm -hmm. So they just, and that just furthered everything. So then, you know, I mean, you think about starting up a whole organization, which is kind of a, a prospect these people were had to have been extremely committed because they had the legal side of it the yeah. whole organizational side of it to do yeah some <laughs> impressive work that they got accomplished in october of 09 dr curtis swift and kathy kimbrough wrote a research article of which we have on our website but wrote a research article about the whole viability and the things that you need to think about and what what would work best and even down to how to propagate lavender because it doesn't necessarily grow by seed. You have mm -hmm. to, some plants truly just have to be propagated from another plant. Interesting. So there's two main varieties that are seen predominantly even across the country, but in our state in particular. One has to be propagated, the other one can be done by seed, but it, it's iffy as to its success. So there was a lot of activity going on in 09. So they formed the organization, they got the research project done, and they held their first annual Lavender Artisan Christmas Fair 
by December of that year. So yeah, these were some some hard hitting, fast moving people that were that were really working on this. And then, what is it? 2011 was our first annual festival to be held in the summertime. So and then we just continued to to progress from there. And it was in 2018 that we went statewide. Took uh, you know a year or two to to really work on that focus because there were farms that had already developed on the Front Range mm-hmm. or in the southwest corner. You know, there was the statewide, there was people growing lavender in, in all kinds of areas. So we said, oh my gosh, we need to embrace these people and mm-hmm. really focus on lavender as an entire state, not just in one region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since 2018, we've been statewide and changed our name then to just the Lavender Association of Colorado. I had no idea that there was a lavender, uh, would you call it like a trade association mm-hmm. or... What's it was like just a, it was a nonprofit association of, mm-hmm. of like-minded people mm-hmm. that their love was lavender and how do we promote it and make money on it? Mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of <laughs> that's one helpful. of the, the features of why you do some farming is can I mm-hmm. can I earn yeah. anything off of this? And yeah. so and it was a cash crop. Believe me, mm-hmm. I I had a vineyard that I managed and took care of. It was very small. It was only three acres. And it was a losing proposition because it's hard work Mm -hmm. and major amount of effort that goes into it. So I have great respect for Cave and everybody involved (laughs) in that arena. But I had to make my exit. And I exited the lavender, which is, Mm -hmm. I'll have to say, much more pleasurable right off the top. I mean, the (laughs) plants, you smell them right away. And they're Mm -hmm. beautiful right away. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's my new love. Yeah. (laughs) Why does lavender grow so well here? Were they ever able to figure that out and when they were doing the study? Oh, yeah. We have very dry, dry and hot. Same, same way grapes do well here. Dry, hot. They don't need very much water, very little water, actually. And uh, we have slightly alkaline soils, which mm-hmm. is really good for, for lavender, although lavender is very adaptable. It can grow in crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but sunshine and sunshine is the other big key mm-hmm. you've got to give it at least six hours of sunshine a day mm-hmm. at least and we have I mean you just don't want to plant it on the north side of your house I'm thinking right now about shade. where I planted mine yeah. <laughs> and that would explain why it's this big sometimes people will put it in their landscaping and water it as frequently as they do their grass mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lavender does not like wet feet. That's like the common, oh. common thing. They don't like That's wet feet. That's perfect for here. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, so just and being dry, uh, hot, and sunny. So put your plant on the other side of the house now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely mess that one up. <laughs> you were also another thing that we touched on a little bit earlier. So you, uh, Leanne, have a lavender farm. Mm-hmm. And you Thank were you. saying that this year was a little bit more challenging, and that kind of ties into it because it has been such a wet year mm-hmm. that it, the lavender isn't, I don't want to say ripening, blooming. Mm-hmm. It's not blooming on its normal schedule. It's a little bit slower, yeah. And one thing that we've learned as we were exploring statewide coverage for the state, the Front Range is 
cooler, a little bit cooler sometimes, mm-hmm. although it's not necessarily a hard truth, but can generally be kind of cooler and where we're considered high desert on the western slope. Mm-hmm. So, and we're generally, say, around, what, 43, 4,700 elevation here, but they're higher mm-hmm. generally over there. So that's why they're cooler, for one thing. So their bloom and everything is, is later than ours. So we always started with our bloom in this area, maybe around June, maybe June, July, and we're, we're pretty much done for the season, you know, as far as our, our first big bloom goes. Mm-hmm. Where the front range will be starting in July. So there, it's in, it's neat because you can get everything you need here on the western slope, lavender-wise, and then you can go over to the front range and everything again. Everything more, yeah. So it it's, it's makes it a cool thing. But this year, like you said, this year in particular, we've had a, a wetter winter time. The spring has been much cooler uh, for us on the western slope, much wetter, rainier. The wind has not been as bad. Last year was absolutely horrendous, Um, but this year for us it hasn't been that bad. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are slower this year by almost two to three weeks um, for our for our bloom. But you know what? All it takes is is a day in the 80s, and they're going to start going berserk. You know, I can see it happening already Mm -hmm. just this week. So it's just a matter of, and on our side of the mountain range, we probably have to water a little more frequently mm-hmm. than they do on the on the east side. So it just kind of, and then everybody has their own little microclimate areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and front range is much more, I think, variable. And I shouldn't say they're more variable. They just have a lot of variation there, mm-hmm. just like we do here, because Delta County, Peony, and Hotchkiss, a lot of them are kind of mountainous type of, mm-hmm. of regions. Right. And we have a huge contingent of lavender down in the southwest corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of them down in the Cortez and Bayfield, mm-hmm. and Ignacio, uh, Mancos, just that whole southwest arena. And I not that familiar with that area, but I think of it as being hotter yeah, than mm-hmm. us. I don't mm-hmm. know if they Definitely. really are, but that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. Only because I think they're closer to to Arizona and to mm-hmm. Mexico and, and that southeast Utah. So it's it's a hotter to me it's a hotter area. Yeah, definitely hotter. So yeah, so they, they do but I mean every area has its own challenges mm-hmm. um, with that. So it just it kinda depends. But I know for us here festival way I think maybe the, the Grand Junction area has finally caught up to what Peony and Hotchkiss because mm-hmm. they might be a little maybe a week behind mm-hmm. this area because we're a little bit lower a little bit hotter mm-hmm. so um, now we're kind of on the same and and now yeah because our cool spring mm-hmm. that we've been having and, and this intense cloudiness and yeah. threat of rain every day. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's just been real different. One thing about the, the Front Range, too, is their later blooming. Don't they have a July festival, right? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. They do. A the, festival in July. Yeah, the Denver Botanic Garden at Chatfield Farms, mm-hmm. um, which is in, the, in Littleton. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a, an annual lavender festival. Yeah, they've been doing that one now for. Yeah, I want to say five to seven years, mm-hmm. five six years. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, they're members of the association. Yeah. Great supporters of us. Nice. Yes, great yeah. supporters of us. So yeah, we then go to 
to the front range, then do festival time again. Oh yeah! After and this one, you probably get yeah. to enjoy it a little bit more of that because yeah, you're yeah. there mm-hmm. a little bit more as a tourist than yeah. as an organizer. And you know what's interesting is even though this is our twelfth year as a festival, we still reach people at the festival who they'll say, I never knew lavender grew in Colorado. I never <laughs> knew there was a lavender association. And then we go over to the, the Denver Botanic Gardens at Chatfield Festival, same thing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know lavender could grow here. It's like, you guys have been around for a long time. <laughs> but there's, it's just, yeah, just getting the word out there is yeah. what's really important. Yeah, so we thank you, Lisa, for helping us. Yeah, Olivia, do you have a favorite lavender product? Oh, oh gosh, there's so many, so so many good ones. Um, I yeah, hard hard one. That's hard. <laughs> That's a really yeah. hard one. I mean, so what's your most literally the only scent I take get is lavender. So I get like mm-hmm. lavender soaps and lavender room sprays and lavender dish soap. So mm-hmm. I don't know everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say everything, all lavender. Okay. Everything. <laughs> I think if if I could make a scent altogether, I would, I would I would probably do like an oil like kind of lotion hand lotion sort of thing with coconut oil, mm-hmm. lavender, and then like wild sage. That would be like my favorite scent oh, that's ever. An interesting. Somebody make it for me, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe can do that. Gotta find some wild sage somewhere. Okay, I'll bring you some from my my uh, warmer neck of the woods in the Cortez okay. Mangos Durango area. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Okay, it goes well down there. <laughs> Did you grow up down there? I grew up in mostly in Norwood. Worked in Telluride for a long time, and then I would always go on trips in the kind of further south area, southwest corner of the city. I forget that yeah. that you're kind of from that area. That's okay. So that's okay. <laughs> I totally forgot. Yeah. yeah, but I would say like it. It may be a little bit drier. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's much hotter, but I think like if you think about like the Dermancus Durango area, I think that's a little. A little more pleasant. <laughs> but, yeah, Cortez, Dolores, Dove Creek area. That would be a probably similar climate, but maybe even a little more dry. Leon, what's your favorite lavender product, if you have one? <laughs> um, favorite lavender product? I'll have to say probably for a body product, my two favorites are the... Oh, maybe it'll have to be three favorites. <laughs> Uh, maybe it'll have no. <laughs> I do. I like lavender. I like lavender lotion, and I like lavender in soap, in a bar soap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like the lavender sprays mm-hmm. that the farms can make when they do their distillation. They get the essential oil, and then the water feature that comes off of it is mm-hmm. is called hydrosol, or it's a or a lavender water or something like mm-hmm. that, and it's a. Uh, you know, with in, with an essential oil, you really need to dilute it before you use it. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of what you're going to do with it, you should be for safety's sake. But the hydrosol that comes off in the distillation process is usable immediately. Mm-hmm. You don't have to mix it, blend it, anything. You can spray it right on your face right away. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah, it's an amazing product and. So, yeah. and I, I have to say, I guess I use that on just about everything. Mm-hmm. Me, linens. So I guess maybe that's my all-time that's number one. Must be. It's got to be the number one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought of one thing. Okay. okay, so when I worked at Spriggs and Sprouts, 
2016, they had a hydrosol that was called Chill Pill, and it had like it didn't smell like perfume. It smelled like lavender, but it had this like sweetness behind it that wasn't overpowering. It was perfect. So oh, I, I wonder what they. I think it's gone it. now. I'll have to ask them, and I'll yeah. let you know. <laughs> have to see if they still make something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of the beauty of lavender mm-hmm. is you you can blend it with other other things, mm-hmm. and there is. There is a difference between what is produced from from a farm itself versus mm-hmm. what you get in the grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, two different things, and they've been able to perfect the smell, if you will, of lavender. That many commercial products are synthetic. Right. They're not even using a real lavender oil mm-hmm. or lavender-based yeah. anything, mm-hmm. and that's one of, that's. Very initially, that was my intro, you know, in my own youth, uh, my intro to lavender. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I just, I did not like that smell. Fake yeah, mm-hmm. I just didn't care for yeah, it. But a big difference. when I started exploring growing it, mm-hmm. it's like then I learned the nuances of some a couple of different cultivars mm-hmm. and a couple different varieties. So there's, there's a culinary side of lavender. <laughs> to use that's very different from your other lavender that is mostly used for body products, big oil producer, um, hydrosol producer. So yeah, it's what you get off the farm is very different from what you can buy commercially. Even from certain reputed vendors that you buy your products from to make your like lotions or soaps mm-hmm. or something, depending mm-hmm. on where they're sourcing what they're getting, mm-hmm. may not even be 100% pure lavender. Mm-hmm. It may be a combination of constituents mm-hmm. to meet a requirement. Mm-hmm. The chemical combination. Yeah, <laughs> it really kind of mm-hmm. is, the constituents that, that's mm-hmm. in it. You know, you have to have this much of this one and this much of that one. Mm-hmm. and. And so then it, get, it lends to standardization. It will always smell that way. Mm-hmm. Almost too perfect. But, it's, right. yeah. but it skews <laughs> the, the whole idea that, well, is this real lavender? Mm-hmm. You know, we have our terroirs mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. grapevines do, mm-hmm. you know, and wines mm-hmm. deal with. So lavender has the this, has this same thing. The varietals, yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that's nice about the festival is we only allow artisan handmade products. So you won't mm-hmm. see those fake lavender scents in anything there. It'll be all natural, real. I mean, not everyone's going to have lavender, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you get lavender there, do. it's going to be handmade. Yeah, 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 because we do have that. We have that as a quality, a quality issue for our yeah. festival. Yeah, expectation. We're not gonna. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. bring in chemical products, really. <laughs> well, and part of that is because as farmers, we work real hard securing mm-hmm. the value of our product. Right. You know, so we don't want to. Who'd want to buy a fake cucumber off of a farm? <laughs> right. And all over at a yeah. farmer's market. Well, yeah, this is cucumber. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, that's great. That's a great distinction to make. One of my favorite things recently has been the little having a little sachet in my suitcase mm-hmm. when traveling, yeah. and then yeah, and we open it up, and it's just like. It smells like home, and it smells amazing. Uh-huh. I love that. Ensuring you have a peaceful, good trip, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty hooked on that. 
And then the culinary thing too, like you're talking about, I think, it, and that's such a French thing, really, like herbs de Provence. And like, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I ever tried that, and I was like, we can't eat lavender, like, <laughs> it's a flower. You know, I had no idea, but it's just such an mm-hmm. awesome, unique flavor that's like, yeah. very, I mean, very, very strong, but really interesting, like nothing else. And, and the strength of it is on the, is on the user, mm-hmm. you know, or the cooker. Whoever yeah. is preparing something, and that's one of the keys with lavender, because it is a very strong herb. Mm-hmm. And your your culinary varieties are the angustifolias, mm-hmm. or the true lavender. And they are the ones, some of them, when they grow, they can develop seeds, and a lavender plant might grow from that. There's a couple of varieties, and I don't know the name, a couple of cultivars, I don't remember, that you can truly grow them from seed. But most of the ones that are on farms and such are done by propagation also. And that way you get the, the trueness. There's hundreds of cultivars out there. Hundreds really? of them. So your culinary one is Angustifolia. It's usually kind of a shorter blooming, not maybe not quite as dense. It has stubbier looking blooms. Your lavendins which is a common name, or the X intermedias are a hybrid. So they're a hybrid of the Angustifolia and then another variety of lavender. But if they're very hardy, they grow beautiful, long, flowing, they're graceful, you know, when you see them, and those are not necessarily your culinary varieties. You can eat them. They have a higher camphor content, mm. so it'd be like eating methylatum or Vicks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and that's where people, because they don't, they don't maybe know what they have or what they're trying to cook with, mm-hmm. and so they'll get, well, no, it tastes like soap. It tastes like my grandma's lotion. <laughs> it's like, well, probably you. It's a combination of factors. Mm-hmm. You've used the wrong lavender. It's not a culinary lavender. Mm-hmm. And you've used way too much. Mm-hmm. You know, if you use too much of any spice, it's going to be off. It mm-hmm. might taste metallic. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not going to taste good. Yeah. But it's I have to ask spirit. you a question. If you were to describe the taste or the flavor of rosemary, Ooh. how would you describe that? It is. You know what? There are some similarities because it's definitely piney and, you know, you do it really strong rosemary when it's really concentrated. It does become almost like a menthol or lemony or... Uh, I'm losing the right word. But now that you say that, I do. I can't think of some similarities. And well, I and, the, have and my before. point is people will say, well, what does lavender taste like? Yeah. Well... What does garlic taste like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you know? Yeah, how do you describe it? So how do you how do you describe you know what something salty <laughs> tastes like, but yeah. how do you describe what does salt by itself taste like? Mm-hmm. So it's real hard to really put that yeah. into a description. So yeah. some of the descriptors are well, it'll give kind of a floral, herbal mm-hmm maybe mineral flavor mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. but it's so hard to it, it is yeah. it's just very very difficult yeah, yeah to really Definitely. label mm-hmm. and everybody 
everybody's tastes are different, so it's exactly. a lot like wine. When, yes. Like I used to, I used to pour wine for people, and they'd be like, "Well, what does it taste like?" And I'm like, "I'm not gonna tell you. You have to. You tell it. me. Yeah. yeah like yes. it, everything tastes different to everybody, mm-hmm. and I can't mm-hmm. tell you what it tastes like. Exactly. And a lot of people got and mad that about so that. That is so true. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. so true. Definitely. And then yeah. mixing, and it's an enhancing herb. So blend it in with your spices, blend it in with your, your baked goods or something. Mm-hmm. It will impart a little bit of a flavor on its own that you'll know that it, you might know that it's there, you might not, mm-hmm. um, but it will enhance some of the flavors of everything else that is there, particularly spices, I think is where it really works. Mm-hmm. And I just got to say, lemon and lavender together just oh all God. the time. Yeah. They all are the so sad. <laughs> just, yes. yes. Lavender, lemonade. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Lavender, yeah. lemonade. Yeah. 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 Well, are they made for each other, I think, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Well, I think that dinner is going to be a great mm-hmm. time to experience that all those different flavors and things, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is their second year working with them for the dinner, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they've had they've had one round, and this one's going to be even oh, better. Oh yeah, I'm real excited about mm-hmm. the menu this year. So, it yeah. Just sounds yeah, it sounds tremendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, check it out on our website. So I maybe that just answered my question, but what part of the festival are you most excited about? <laughs> I'll let you start and then I'll Gosh. <laughs> I have to say that the main event on Saturday, the festival in the park, mm-hmm. is probably the one that takes the most amount of attention and planning mm-hmm. for. The shoulder events, the Friday farm tours, for the farms that are participating in that, they indeed have to do some advanced planning, and I've participated many years with that. And then Saturday, Sunday tours is a little bit more relaxed and depends on the location. Some are, are big time. It's like going to another festival at their their location. I, my location will be more low-key. We want to engage with the, with the customers that come to us. We want to teach them a little bit more mm-hmm. about what we do and and that's probably the biggest value in all of it is Mm -hmm. is we're constantly educating people Mm -hmm. you know how to do something why you do it this way and what good is it for and and what do you get out of it type of thing so Mm -hmm. we're yeah it's (laughs) we had one year we had a uh, a vendor that had come to us from the front range I believe they were an alcohol vendor actually and at the end of the day, the guy that I had worked with the closest said, I have never been to a festival that has been more friendly, mm-hmm. laid back. He said, everybody coming to us has been so eager to see us. He was so impressed at just the lavender environment. And he attributed the whole lavender environment. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, well, it's proven. It's very calming. It's very, <laughs> yeah. yeah, very, to be very settling. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like we have so much fun mm-hmm. at the festival and at all, at all of our yeah. events that we do. We just truly enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So she said all of them. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was right. All of them. Right. We must go to all of them. All of them are her favorite. Mostly yeah. Saturday, but also all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. It's like yeah. being a favorite child or something. Right. That's how I feel about it. It's been like giving birth this whole festival thing. Probably just as hard. Yes, yeah, for sure. And well, yeah. it's yeah, it's been several months of preparing and planning and just 
you know, working and working and trying to make this baby come alive. So Mm -hmm. it's been fun. (laughs) I will say that probably at the end of it, that will be my favorite time (laughs) because I will have been successful and things will have been done. (laughs) But um, I am very excited about the the vendor fair part of the the, the main event festival. I think that's going to be really fun, just meeting all the people that I've worked with and started to plan, you know, uh, things out, all the vendors that are going to be there. Like you said, that chill vibe during Mm -hmm. the the fair, the festival part of it, when I was attending as a Springs and Sprout, just employee, just helper there. It was, it was just like, everybody was just like, oh, I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. It's great. We're here. <laughs> so. It's very interesting. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. we enjoy the people that come to us and they seem to yeah. enjoy their time so much. And yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. a real shared, mm-hmm. shared environment. Yeah. So I'm probably most excited about that, but, you know, I think, I don't even think I'll get a chance to see any of the farm tours at the beginning, probably Mm -hmm. at the end either, because really what I'm in charge of is that main event part and making sure that that goes off without a hitch, so... No, I've got a lot of pressure. On the coordination, <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. No, it's okay. I really am enjoying it. And it's, um, I like figuring out that puzzle of it too, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just trying to make the things fit together. And, and it uh, feels good that we're at a good point right now. There's still a ton to do, but I think we're um, kind of the main big tasks are behind Coming us. Coming down to the home stretch. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's the that's beauty right. of it is all mm-hmm. the, you stress and stress and stress <laughs> and plan and plan. And, yeah. and then it's happening. It's like, oh my God, it's falling into place, you know, just when we thought things were the worst, it's like, no, it turned out real good. Yeah. I have a little side story on that. I have a friend who I go to some meetings with and she was talking about planning an event, you know, and she was talking about how stressed she was and how, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. And there's just so many things I'm responsible for. And, and I told her, I was like, so I've planned a lot of events and you will mess something up. Absolutely. Something's going to go wrong. But you know what? You just drop that ball and you walk away. <laughs> You know, because somebody's either going to pick it up if it's that important or it's going to go away and talk about it for next year and how to not do it again. (laughs) That's a really good outlook to have because something always goes wrong. It's Mm -hmm. like inevitable. Yeah. I mean, do everything you can to get it right the first time, you know, but don't... Don't, don't live in the stress that it causes to, you know, worry about what is going to go wrong because mm-hmm. inevitably it will. Yeah. So and, and while you're doing it, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I should have done this. I should have done that. Yeah. You just bring yeah. a notebook and, and you write so yourself you just, notes. And you just learn as you're, as yeah. you're going through it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's going to be fabulous and we're going to have fun. I'm not worried. Yeah. <laughs> That's some amazing planning and prepping for oh, your, you. your first time through. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> Is there anything about the festival or about Lavender that I didn't ask you guys that you wanted to talk about? Or I'd say about anything? the festival, we're looking for volunteers. So we have a handful. We definitely need more. We just added a volunteer coordinator that will be helping to recruit. And so please go online. Uh, we are It's on our website as well as on our event need page. Um, so that's where we're doing our all of our tickets, our vendors, volunteers, things like that are all going on Eventony. So do look that up. Please sign up and volunteer if you can. Not necessarily you, but you, the listener. Yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> How do you spell Eventony? I'll put a link in the yes. description. Uh, it's E-V-E-N-T-E-N-Y. Okay. And just dot .com. And then you can just look up Colorado Lavender Festival. And that should pop, pop you up. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
What about you, Leanne? Oh, oh gosh, I could go one. on and on and on. I know. <laughs> you have so, you're a wealth thing. of knowledge. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I love it. Keep on going. I, well, I'll say something about Leanne. I couldn't have done this without her. She has been oh, so thanks. helpful and, and just somebody who I've always turned to, and I feel like my mentor in this. Mm-hmm. So really do appreciate everything that she's brought to the table. I guess it attests to how long I've been around. <laughs> but you're so kind about it, and oh, you really care. Goodness. And well, thank it you. It means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, no crying, girls. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. So, uh, before we go, I have to ask you both what your favorite thing is about the Palisade community because I ask everybody that. Oh, so, you live here. I'll let you go first. You know, I, I, I just enjoy the small town vibe, mm-hmm. being in the whole small town arena, and I also really appreciate the agricultural focus that is here. We have a lot in this area that is incredibly, an incredible amount of agricultural things that are, I mean, the farms, the vineyards, the, the grapevines, the everything, and it's, that gives me a sense of unity. It's interesting when I talk to somebody else who isn't from Palisade, they're very impressed that I live in Palisade, which further <laughs> supports my belief that it's a really cool place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a really cool place. Oh, you're in Palisade? Mm-hmm. I want to live there. <laughs> yeah. So, I know. Like you. Pat ourselves on the back. So, yeah. yeah. I'm glad I chose it. Good choice. For me, I grew up, like I said, in, in San Miguel County, so Norwood, uh, that area, and it had, it's a very small town vibe as well, very small, 500 people when I first moved there in, in the, oh I know, right? That's <laughs> Long very small. Ago. But this small town has a different vibe. It's, it's just very peaceful and live and let live, and like I think that it's just a, a very open and understanding community, mm-hmm. and they still you know do all the same things that were done out there, but there's also the access to more activity in the area, and so it, I think for me coming from that small town and coming here felt like home, you know, in more of the way that worked for the person that I am. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just has some magic to me that I can't describe. <laughs> I know it is. It's um, kind of hard. Yeah. Just the- it, and it's drawn me for many, many years. Focus, mm-hmm. the, yeah. yeah. The and my best friend, um, she lived right across from the Blue Pig, up on that, those top <laughs> apartments yeah. up there. And I was going to get that apartment, and so I was devastated when I didn't get it and ended up in Fruta. But, you know, it's cool <laughs> to still be part of Palisade <laughs> and the festival and everything. Oh, so, I'm going to get you over here. Yeah, someday. Okay. Someday. I'm crossing yeah. my fingers. It'll work <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. It takes a while. <laughs> but thank you for... Uh, having us here in Palisade. Yes, um, I appreciate it. I'm excited to what listen about, to the podcast. Yeah, what about you? You want know, to tell us oh, what your favorite things about Palisade? <laughs> oh, it's the, I mean, the community. I love how you said the unity. Palisade, awesome. it is special, and there is that community that I don't think you get. Yeah. Like, in, in the rest of Mesa County, there there is community in Grand Junction and Fruta. For and sure. Clifton. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it's, it, I don't know, Palisade, like I said, it's just magical, and yeah. people, like, really want want you to be around. It feels good. Right. <laughs> I know. It's so cool. I don't know. I don't know what it is, and maybe, I don't, I don't want to figure it out, but <laughs> it's just like... Maybe it's the lavender in the air. Maybe. Like, <laughs> that could totally be it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Come. especially coming from the, the Norwood area uh, mm-hmm. and Telluride, like Telluride had such a, 
we had a really great community for a really long time and a lot of locals have said that now it's changed a lot and it's not as kind of wholesome and tight-knit and Mm -hmm. you know a little bit more um, just it's not what it used to be a lost its spirit so I'm yeah. hoping that Palisade hangs on to I know <laughs> I know that's really scary mm-hmm. how do you balance that and yeah yeah Telluride mm-hmm. is just so busy so yeah. many people who live there don't live there full time mm-hmm. yeah most of the most of the residents well re- prior residents now live in Norwood or Montrose or right. Cortez or mm-hmm. you know things like that and so it's nice that people can still live in Palisade mostly <laughs> I know um, I know but, hopefully with planning and everything it seems like they're trying to be intentional about keeping it the way it is but it's like yeah that's tough that's a tough balance it is it is i think they're striking it right now so yeah. let's just keep keep on hoping that totally. they continue <laughs> yeah thank you so much for your time it was really fun getting to learn about lavender from you both mm-hmm. and the festival and mm-hmm. i'm sure it's gonna be an awesome event i can't wait to check it out yeah, thank you so Very much for having us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having us. First podcast I've been part of. Oh, <laughs> me too. It's yeah. exciting. Awesome. Get some of that lavender calm for yourself at the Colorado Lavender Festival this weekend, either as an attendee or a volunteer or both. And don't forget to swing by the Blue Pig Gallery ASAP to vote for the artwork that will be featured at next year's festival. I've already cast my ballot. And if you're up for it, try some lavender, culinary lavender, and let me know what you think it tastes like at lisa at postcardsfrompalisade.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? There are a couple ways you can let me know. You can leave me a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, or a rating or a follow on Spotify. I'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to be a part of or have an idea for an upcoming episode, you can reach me at lisa at postcardsfrompalisade.com. Thanks for listening. With love from Palisade. <laughs>